podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. COVID and all the things around COVID, like vaccines and mandates and all the things, have been so divisive in our culture today. We wanted to take this episode not to really look at stances and opinions and things like that, but really to look at relationship. What does it mean to be in relationship with people even when we have very different views about things? So we really encourage you to listen to the whole episode, but also just a word of warning, and we do repeat this in the episode, but if right now you're feeling very overwhelmed or if thinking about or talking about COVID things is something that you cannot do for another second or you're going to go crazy, then we encourage you to actually put this episode on the back burner until you're at a place where you think you might be able to listen and not feel too overwhelmed. But for those who are ready to venture in, we're very happy to have you with us and we hope you enjoy it. Oh, friends. Hello. <laughs> yes. Yes, that uh-huh. is. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. This uh-huh. Is, Hi, everybody. This is like so great. This is Santa laughs. That's why I said ho, ho, ho. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. That was the, this is the, you've read the title of this episode. So That's you right. know it's coming. That's yeah, right. You don't know it's coming, actually. That's right. Exactly. Right. You don't know. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But for real. Welcome, everybody. Hello. We'll do our little introduction. So just in case you're new to the episode, I'm Erin. I am a consecrated virgin uh, who was in Toronto and is now living in Ottawa with family, which is also interesting for this episode because I'm in Ottawa. Um, And uh, yeah, who are you, Nicole? I am. Yeah, I'm Nicole Richard. I am a university professor in Nashville, Tennessee, and but I'm Canadian. And Rachel, who are you? Uh, yes, I'm Rachel. I live in the greater Toronto area with my family and, um, I am finishing up my master's in theological studies at nice. U of T. Nice. Yep. Nicole Last and I semester. were both giggling because, because often Rachel's like, she's like, yeah, I'm Rachel. And then, the, yeah, and then it. she's like, her mind goes yep. blank and I don't know what else to oh, say. Oh, that's not Honestly. why I was laughing. But oh, you know, oh. I, I was laughing because we were like, Nicole, who are you? I'm Nicole. I know. <laughs> Rachel, who are you? I'm Rachel. I am Rachel. It's good. I it's know. like a kid's show. We could make so much money. Uh, yeah. Seeing children show That's presenters. Right. I yeah, often exactly. think about that, actually. You know, the hmm. Blue's Clues guys and stuff. I'm like, how hard is that yeah. job, really? You know? Yeah. yeah. How did he yeah. get that job? How did he mm-hmm. get it? I mean, I I don't mean to be disparaging. Maybe it's really hard. Like, who knows? I love Blue's That's Clues. True. It was Me great. too. Yeah, That's it's right. a great show. Well, yeah. I mean, I watch a lot of Blippy now because of my younger nephew. Oh, Blippy is... This. So annoying, but oh, no. I mean, good, but like he's anyways. And now there's like an imitation blippy. So he's actually another guy who is like a legit blippy, but he's not blippy, but he was hired so that he can do more so they can oh, have gosh. more blippy shows. And so there's multiples of blippy. Oh, it's, boy. I don't know what the world is coming to. Wow. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. See, no? Okay. Yeah. On the theme of, of children's television shows, because I have a niece and a nephew and I also, oh. you know, worked with kids as a music therapist for a long time. So I like, I know things, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but Daniel Tiger is like the loveliest children's show. Aww. Do you guys know Daniel Tiger? No. So, no, okay. Lovely. Yes. It, it's Mr. <laughs> Rogers, um, Mr. Rogers neighborhood. And it's, it's, it's like a spinoff. So some of the characters and puppet things, um, Got it. you know, mm-hmm. are on that show and they're all about, it's basically a show that, that is about like emotional intelligence, I think, and right. kids, things like that. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. 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 But cool. actually I was staying at a friend's house last week when I was in Toronto and her kids were watching Daniel Tiger and she was telling me the exact same thing. She's like, it's very real things that they talk about, like sibling yeah. rivalry and what happens when, you know, you're jealous of your little sister. Wow. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch that to my sister for my nephews. And, yeah. You know, right. I'm sure it's be good. good yeah. That was good. That's good okay. One. Well, listen. Because this is such a big topic, we're going to like, we're just going to jump in today. So obviously, if you've looked at the title, you know that we're talking about Russian ballet and... No, you know what I was also thinking? Like, wouldn't it be so funny if we segued into, and now Daniel the Tiger will explain to you how to... <laughs> See, wouldn't that be lovely? Wouldn't yeah, that be lovely? That's right. We should have an episode of Daniel Tiger on, mm-hmm. you know... 
right? The things on that we're going to talk about today. Convoys. COVID and convoys. And convoys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> Sorry, oh, guys. My goodness. No Daniel Tiger today. It's just that's us. right. No. Just we'll us. We'll do our just best, us. though. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully, we ha- we have a good deal of emotional intelligence. So I think, you know, I think it'll be... We'll check yeah. in at the end of this episode to see <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So just to be clear, we do want to invite you, if you are listening right now, to please listen to the whole episode because even between the three of us, like there are different, you know, opinions or, or whatever. We, we all are unique individuals. And, um, and so there might be something that I share that you don't totally resonate with, or that Nicola Rachel shares that you don't totally resonate with. And because we were talking about this when we were preparing for this episode, because tensions are flaring so high right now, it can sometimes be overload in terms of, um, the emotions Mm -hmm. that we're having or reactions that we're having. So two things, one is we encourage you to listen all the way to the end of the episode, um, even if there's something that might be difficult. But then also we would encourage you too that if it is too much, if it is too much for you right now, if you are overwhelmed and you cannot take another thing, then shut this episode yeah, off right yeah, now yeah, totally, and come totally back later, it. you know? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so just maybe to monitor your insides. And if you're feeling like you want to murder somebody, maybe <laughs> just shut her off for a little yeah. while, you know? And don't just murder them. And don't, 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 if you don't go and watch an episode of Daniel Tiger. That's if, right. You know, if exactly. Feeling, yeah. Exactly. I'm sure there's an episode where Daniel wants to murder his neighbor. So, and then he'll tell you all about how to deal with that. That's so, right. That's the right. look on Nicole's face was really great. There's no episode about that. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah. Maybe okay. So will be though now. Sorry. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, this no. is true. No. <laughs> but I'm going to, I want to just invite you, Nicole, because you had seen sure. a CBC, uh, CBC, whatever, um, article about, mm-hmm. you know, pandemic and relationships and stuff like that. So we'll start that. Yeah. We'll start with that as our starting point. Yeah. Yeah. I, so this is what kind of got me fired up and, and we started talking about doing this episode. Um, I read an article that I think it's still on CBC. We're recording this on, uh, Sunday, February 13th. And it was, it was an article about, you know, how people are having such, um, vastly different, um, opinions on stuff that's happening in Canada right now, for example, vaccine mandates and the trucking convoys and all related things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they sort of just presented it as if it was just totally normal that people who have been longtime friends with, with somebody or family are cutting off those relationships because of those differing opinions. And, and in the, the tone of the article, um, from from my you know from my perception uh seemed like that it was just normalizing this like normalizing division of families normalizing division in, in long friendships and i just i felt really angry because i think that's demonic and awful and terrible and that um you know that that's not a sign of a healthy society or healthy communities if we let differing opinions totally divide us that's a sign of that the that that evil is getting in that there's like it's just bad that's yeah. bad mm-hmm. and so i was um and you know in my own family we have a lot of differing opinions on um on on things throughout the pandemic you know different uh, some of us are vaccinated some of us are not um and 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 sort of all kinds of opinions like that that are different and we've had to navigate that and make choices um on on what we're going to do with that. Are we going to allow these differences and tensions to, to rip us apart or are we going to find a way to um, still love each other and be family? And, and it's been tough, but we've been, we've all been on the same page that we want. We all want to, we, we love each other and we want to maintain loving relationships. And we've, we've been, you know, it's a c- consistent battle to work on that. Um, and so uh, yeah, so I'm just very passionate about this and very passionate about wanting people not to be torn apart by, by these, um, differing opinions, even though I recognize that, um, you know, people are deeply affected by, um, by sort of what you, what we'll call, I'll call it the opposite side or, or deeply affected mm-hmm. by things that are happening, um, on, on all sides of, yeah. of these topics and that it can yeah. be very emotional and very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's that, that's, it's, um, that that's not a small feat to, to strive for, uh, community and strive for communion with people who are different and to, that it's, it is because sometimes a situation of loving our enemies. Um, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's kind of where this where this episode was coming from. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, and maybe Erin, you can speak a bit more to this, especially living in Ottawa right now, but like there, for people who are not in Canada, I mean, obviously we're talking about COVID and that's a worldwide global reality and it's affecting all kinds of people in all kinds of countries in different ways. But right now in Canada, there are specific things that are happening that are, that's why the CBC article has come out because there's, we have a truck convoy where people are uh, making protests, uh, you know, civil protests and all kinds of issues. And so it's very current for us. Like it's not just general pandemic stuff. There's like current things that are ongoing in our Mm -hmm. society that people uh, fall on all kinds of sides of the issues in very passionate ways. And yeah, and it's resulting and it's, it's resulting in this division that's being encouraged, which is really, which is the Mm -hmm. thing that we're like, whoa, you know, like, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. we're in a democratic society, but yeah. And we have all kinds of opinions, but that should not result then in breaking relationships Mm -hmm. between parents and children and brothers and sisters and all kinds of different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It's um, like the thing when we were kind of talking before, just to prepare for the, for this episode, one of the things that I um, kind of even realized in myself is like, and then we see, or that we, that we kind of, that we should see in others, I think, but that we often miss is this like holding things in tension. Like I can feel it in myself right now that I'm holding tension because just for like background, whatever, um, yeah. I have a degree in virology. Like I studied virology, cool thing that I didn't know. I can't remember if I told you guys this or not, but the paper that, um, that I had published when I was in my undergrad has actually mm-hmm. been cited in some COVID research stuff. No now. way. That's cool. Yeah, that's I know. Right. Isn't that so yeah. fun? I mean, nothing like, like I did not form the basis for yeah. our current therapies for COVID at all. But I saw that and I was like, oh my goodness, that's very cool. But anyway, so like I did have some background in virology and then I just finished this degree in theology, specifically moral theology. Can I pause for a second? When Erin says a background in virology, she means... Um, PhD work, like high level graduate work in virology. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Not like one class science. Right. Class. That's right. That's yeah. right. Like high school. Yeah. 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 Right. But, yeah. but it's like, um, it's been interesting because I've done, like, I've done kind of the whole gamut of stuff. Like I've been involved in Facebook wars. I've been involved in <laughs> like, like conversations. Like there was one conversation that I had back and forth with somebody, which was just like a voice messages on Facebook back and forth about, mm. about things or, um, like I've had zooms with people who just randomly contacted me or, and there've been so many people who've kind of reached out as a result of, I think, just seeing some of the stuff that I've written on, on Facebook. Um, and the people who, who've touched base with me, a lot of them are like, some of them have been healthcare workers, for example, who felt very kind of alone when they're seeing people fighting back against the mandates and stuff like that. Or, um, but then I know also that there have got to be a lot of people who are on the opposite side of like, who haven't contacted me, but who are like, oh my gosh, I feel very hurt by what you've written or like something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so even in all of those like dialogues and things like that, I feel this tension in myself with all like holding these things in tension between like, I don't know, the virology side of me that's like, well, to keep everybody safe, we need to lock down the whole world forever until everything (laughs) is gone. And then, and then like the other part of me that's like concerned with jobs and freedom and Mm -hmm. like lack of people's participation in society and like all of those kind of things. And I feel them all in tension in myself. And I think that even to when we're talking about the convoy and cover it like media coverage or whatever, that, that it doesn't paint this picture of people who are holding things in tension, right? The picture of people who are, and it's true that I think there are some people who are like, there should be no restrictions ever. And they're, you know, like that, but I don't think most people are kind of in, in that park. And then they're, are other people who are like, no, we should lock down the world forever until there is a definitive cure for COVID. And I don't think most people are in that park either. Right. You know? Like Everyone's I think somewhere in the middle and trying to muddle it through and exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so then you have yeah. every person who is a person holding things in tension coming like 
not against, but, but in contact with another person who is holding many things in tension and it is so messy. And then you try and encapsulate that into like one line rhetoric things for a news article or like, and it just doesn't work, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, it's so interesting because both of you have shared, I think, you know, some like really hard experiences in relationship through the pandemic. Like you're, you're sharing, you know, Nicole, like your family working really hard to stay united and and love one another, despite very different opinions on different issues. And, and Aaron, like your, you know, the Facebook conversations and all these other things. And I've kind of had a very different experience of all of this time where for the most part, I would say my family and I are kind of on the same page, but also on the same page of like, it's not been, and we've been blessed in this regard. We haven't been so negatively affected. Both my siblings did get married during the pandemic and their weddings were very intensely affected. But I think, (laughs) excuse me, I think like being Catholic, we, Sorry, I just want to say, oh, COVID. It's COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, you, <laughs> Don't you feel like that every time you yeah, cough in public now? You're oh like, oh, gosh. I <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. Oh, my yeah. goodness. It's so crazy. And I always feel like, just this is an aside, when somebody is in a public place and they cough, like, I look at them with, like, I try to look at them with so much tenderness. I mean, like, it's okay. Like, I accept you. Like, I'm not wor- I'm not scared of you. I promise. Like, because I just feel like everybody else is probably like, oh, my gosh. Like, run away or something, you know? I know. <laughs> I feel so bad. But anyways, yes. That was not a COVID. COVID cough, I hope anyways. <laughs> no, I don't think it was. Anyways. Oh my gosh. That's going to be like our in the thicket headline. Rachel has COVID. First, first case to be passed through to Zoom. <laughs> oh boy. Anyways. So that's great. I would say that my experience has been relatively mild from an emotional tension point of view. And so, and I have also avoided kind of really diving into the new, like I really wasn't really paying attention to the numbers and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of cut off probably like a year ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't really, it doesn't mean that much to me. I don't really understand a ton of it. So I'm, and I just kind of keep abreast of like the, whatever the general news is, you know, mm-hmm. anyways, all that's to say, I think that it's been really interesting for me because I think I have kind of opinions that have run the gambit of like different parties and different things, but I come from a legal background. And so like, for me, it's been, I've sort of at peace with my own position in that, like, I think I understand the purpose of policy a particular way. And that has led to certain opinions. And I understand that there's parts of this conversation, like the science part that I don't have a whole lot of, you know, knowledge in. So Mm -hmm. I do the best that I can with different sources, but there's a kind of humility that I've had to accept of being like, well, I don't know everything. And I think I'm comfortable with my position, but I'm also comfortable with the fact that other people who are intelligent and reasonable people have come to very different conclusions. And I think that like we have in our society very much the right to talk about those opinions and have those conversations. Um, and we should, but I don't think we should, unless it's actually helpful. Like I don't mm. tend to have this COVID conversation. I would say with many people, cause I don't particularly feel called to it. Now I know people who do feel called to it and I think that's good and that's fine. And that's important, but I don't, right. I don't right. feel any pressure at all to need to bring it up if I don't want to, or if I don't feel like it's going to be helpful, you know? So yeah. I think, I think that, you know, it helps to bring down the high strung feeling of everything just to be like, okay, well, have I done the research that I felt felt called to do? Have I been responsible how I've come to my position? And if I have, and I feel like it's, it's reasonable, you can only, you can do the best you can to mitigate that with other people's opinions, but you have to come to your conclusion at the end. Right. Mm. You also have to be comfortable with people coming to different conclusions than you Yes, and Mm. just accept it. You know, and I think, I think as Catholics, especially and we've, I've experienced this in my own family. Obviously we want to be totally united in how we think and feel about something. Cause that's so nice. It's so lovely to be <laughs> totally on the same page with people that you love. That feels amazing. But, you know, I think the beautiful challenge is when you're not on the same page as people that you love. Okay. What is, why is that important? Is it important? You know, and, and, right. and why can we still have unity with people who think differently than us? Um, And I think the answer has to be yes, because even if we look at the church as a whole, there's so much diversity and in all different sort of flavors within, you know, Catholicism itself. Um, Mm. And it's that every time the church is 
promulgated a new kind of doctrine, not new doctrine, but like maybe cemented yeah. a certain um, certain belief in church teaching. There's always a ton of conversation that comes from it and a ton of, 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 of you know, almost chaos. Um, and so, and, and we bear with each other and we we're in it for the long haul. So there's like a patience if we're not quite all on the same page and, you know, so Mm -hmm. I, I think Rachel, one thing that I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm just like very excited and I want to talk about all of this, but, um, (laughs) one thing that we were, when we were talking about, uh, about this episode before was, uh, that Rachel, you just said is the importance of discernment. Um, it's that, okay. Thinking about if I want to have a conversation with somebody about this COVID thing, why, what is my goal? And is that goal, um, consonant with wanting the good of the other and ultimately desiring unity. And I don't mean unity as in thinking the same way, but unity as in just loving the other person for who they are right now. If that's not our goal, we need to look at ourselves and think, why are we having these conversations? Why am I taking this tone? How am I going to choose to interact with this person? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I can just share from personal experience that, um, you know, I talked about my family, uh, having differences of opinions and there was, there was several months where it took us a while. First of all, we all figured out, Oh, we don't, we're not the same on these things. We are not, we're making different decisions here. Yeah. Um, and, and really kind of that hitting us like, Oh, we're usually, we usually like each other a lot. And we're usually kind of all in sync and we are not in sync right now. Right. Um, and it came to a point where there's certain topics that I had to say, I, I actually am not in a place where I can have this top, this discussion because I am not going to convince certain family members of my point of view. And they're not going to convince me of, of their point of view, but I have made a good discernment, I think, for the choices that I've made in regards to vaccination and, and things. And I, I'm, I'll just say I'm, I'm vaccinated and that was a choice that I made and felt called to do. And I feel very at peace with that. Um, and I, I've had to come to the point of trusting that if there's members of my family who came to a different discernment, well, they're people of prayer, they're doing the best that they can. And regardless of differences of opinion or, or, um, you know, sources of, of information that are different, I have to trust that the Lord is leading them, even though it's come to a different outcome and not attempt to convince them unless, unless there's a clear call there, which I haven't been. So we've, mm-hmm. there's certain topics of conversation that we just are just off limits right now. We don't talk about it because if we do, it would be unproductive, unloving and create more division. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, it took us a while to kind of recognize that, you know, uh, and some kind of some tense things and some not talking to each other for a while and some, you know, uh, just, just really yeah. tough stuff. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think sometimes that is a solution yeah. of, of maybe we don't have to convince everyone to think like mm-hmm. us. If we can trust that God is leading everyone and it looks different and can we, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe that's oversimplifying it, but that's, well, that's how I've reconciled it in my own head, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I think some of that stuff will come like it will come after because in 10 years, so many of the questions that we have right now will actually be very resolved, like in terms of like, are vaccines safe? Were they safe? Were they like, uh, like even just some basic stuff like that, like the further we go out from it, the, the, in some sense, the easier some of those conversations will, will be be and also when right. it's not so pressing right like when we're yeah. not still in the middle of a pandemic and because I think that's some of what I like I have felt kind of in contrast to you Rachel like I have felt very called to be part yeah. of the conversation mm-hmm. partly because I have time and then partly because I have these two you have some ways of knowledge well. yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's mm-hmm. that can be helpful and I've had like I've had actually like I've had a lot of people say like it made me feel um, it made me feel less afraid because there's so much information out there and it's impossible to sort through. Yeah. Like I felt incapable of sorting through it or knowing what was true and what was not true. So like, I know you and you're not insane. And like, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, yeah. so if you're telling yeah. me this, I'm like, that gives me some kind of reassurance, you know, which yeah. I was like, I'm very happy if I can do that. But, but this is the thing also that, that I found too, is that, um, that I can see in myself this trend towards 
towards rashness and towards insensitivity. If I'm engaging in these kind of public conversations on Facebook or, or wherever, but I'm also not having personal conversations with people mm. who don't believe the same way that I do. Yeah. And I've noticed also that in two particular conversations that I can think of with friends, like with good friends who, who don't fall on the same, in the same vein as kind of what I, what I'm thinking about stuff with respect to the pandemic. But those conversations have been so fruitful because we can see very clearly that where we're on the same page, we can see very clearly where we're not on the same page, but because yes. there's love that exists there in the relationship, we can also like, it's, I can't write them off as just like a looney tune who's, you know, yes. ignoring science or like, I can't yeah. do that because I know them because yeah, I know right. their goodness. I know mm -hmm. they're like, they're seeking truth honestly and authentically. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it actually, I ha that turns it around for me and I have to look at myself and see like, okay, like how am I, like, I have to look at my assumptions about people, about other people yeah. that I don't know and think like, okay, well, maybe they might be a good person too. Yeah. <laughs> like it helps you see, it helps me right. to see the humanity of everybody, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That I think is something that has bugged me the most about this whole slew of conversations that we've been in for the last couple of years. Mm. So I, from my background in law and my perspectives and all those kinds of things, you know, and I know that Aaron, you can share this from your perspective and everybody can share this. Like there are certain things where I'm like, well, I think that's stupid. Like, I think that is a stupid decision, you know? And, and I think we all have different things from our perspectives. We look at something and we feel like it's reasonable to say that that's not a smart decision right. based on these criteria that we are evaluating that decision by. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's, there's anything wrong with that, with people saying, looking at something, well, based on how I would think about it, I don't think that's a very smart decision. Um, but what has happened is we've turned from like, well, that's a stupid decision for these reasons, or I think it's a stupid decision for these reasons mm -hmm. to, I think you are not just a stupid person, but you are a bad person. Yeah. You are not a good person because you fall under one camp or another. And I have yeah. a huge problem with that because mm -hmm. I mean, just what you're saying, Aaron, like I know from our conversations, like there's people who are in different sectors and have different experiences who have felt so validated by some of the things that you've said. And like you said, there's people from other sectors with other experiences that have completely different opinions. Mm -hmm. And all of those people have had serious, have been seriously impacted by this time mm -hmm. and by this period of time and what everything that's gone down. And I think like okay, you could, we could even say like my brother and I could say to each other, well, I think you're being stupid. Like this is a stupid way to think about it. Mm -hmm. But to say to him or to say to somebody who I know, like, well, I think you're a bad person for thinking this way when you have all of these actually like decent reasons for coming to that conclusion. It's like, you know, it doesn't just shut down the conversation. It turns the conversation to what you were talking about before, Nicole, which is enmity. Like people yeah. then become actual enemies where they should not be. They should not right. be enemies. Like yeah. that's not a yeah. cause for enmity. And so I think, yeah. you know, fighting about policy, fighting about um, information, whatever, and interpreting, interpreting it, all that kind of stuff. If you have the aptitude and the emotional capacity to be able to be in those conversations, that's good. I would even say that it is good. Mm. But then mm -hmm. to caricature the person that you're speaking to and to end the conversation with the exclamation point of, well, you think this, therefore you are bad. I think that is not just oversimplifying everything. It is really uh, like a, a spirit of, of evil. Like it's we really need dangerous. to Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. We really do. Yes. It's very, it's, to, it's, it's that, that's the problem. That's the enemy is us getting sucked in to defining people by a yeah. certain opinion and a certain camp and not seeing them as a whole person anymore. And then deciding, and then having that as a judgment on them and their, their goodness and their love, because every single person is a beloved child of God, even if they're still sitting in Ottawa honking their horns, or there's somebody who's gotten double vaxxed and boosted and, you know, wants mm -hmm. mandates across the board, they're both loved by God. And we have a responsibility as Christians to love these people too. And we, mm -hmm. we, and if we're not doing that, we are not Christ. We are not acting as Christ would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That is, well, that's a danger. It's true. And even, I think it's possible to do that 
it's possible to do that even while we're calling out misinformation, let's say, totally, or yeah. while we're challenging. Like, um, like I mean, I have to say, and maybe this will be controversial if somebody is listening or whatever, so just bear with me. But I have to say that um, for for Prime Minister, for example, to say things and car- caricaturing like a whole demographic of people as, you know, um, a f- fringe minority or racist or misogynistic or things things like that like it's um it's so unhelpful but but the but the reality is I think that's much easier. Like sometimes yeah. you just go down the yeah. easy, the easy train because it mm-hmm. is so difficult. And everybody at this point of this pandemic is so damn tired of yeah. everything. Of, everything. of yeah. not seeing people, of financial things, of yeah. talk about what's real and what's not, of sorting through information. And it's this fatigue that is yeah. like yeah. It just wears on you so much that it becomes that much harder to actually like I'm planning on, for example, going down because I have I've been down to St. Pat's a few times for mass. Right. So there's like car trucks right out front of St. St. Pat's Basilica. And um, and I can understand why people downtown would be super really frustrated. Irritated. Yeah, really irritated because <laughs> like I'm sitting there during mass and they're like wailing on the horns, whatever. And I'm like, I if I live down here, I, I but but it's um. But it's I'm planning on going down there this week at some point and just talking to people because mm. because I know in myself, I just feel like there's I'm tired, like I'm so tired yeah. and it's so much easier. And I can see it in how I speak about things. Sometimes I can see it in like a lot of the things that I that I do. And so there's a big part of me that's like yeah. grateful, actually, for conversations like these, because mm-hmm. it helps me like it helps me to identify the places where I am f- like failing in charity or where. Yeah. Or where I'm just tired, and the reality You're is, tired. if I'm if I'm this tired, then then I need to I need to just shut things off for a while. I need yeah. to not comment on things, and I need to know right. where that line is for myself, and be yeah. able to actually do that. You know, otherwise right. I'm gonna hurt people, and exactly like you said, Nicole, reduce people, and yeah. then I am not following. I'm not a disciple. Like I'm not following Christ and loving others in that in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, so I was listening to, if you guys have listened to my, to our episode with father, Chris, I talked about how I've been listening to a lot of Conan, uh, O'Brien, God bless Conan. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I was listening to an episode. He did it was really interesting. Actually, a few weeks ago, he had, a, a Supreme court justice on his show, which is kind of nuts. I was like, how did he swing that? I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> uh, justice Sotomayor, who has, uh, who's a particular kind of judge and a particular kind of, of viewpoint that she comes to her work with, um, but obviously a very intelligent woman. And, and anyway, so I'm listening to her and I would say like, probably we have, I have some disagreements with justice Sotomayor on a bunch of issues, probably most likely anyways. Um, but she was talking about, they were having this conversation about the collegiality of the court. And that's a relatively new phenomenon. They said like, since maybe mm. the eighties is when this is sort of really developed. And it's this idea of the judges all eating lunch together and building kind of a community, you know, like a workplace community mm. thing is you're talking about the Supreme court of justice in the U S where there's, there's like massive, serious disagreement yes. mm-hmm. on many important issues, massive, mm-hmm. massive disagreement and disagreement that we all know about because they literally have to write it. That's their job you know? And so it's like, they, so she talked about it and she said, what has helped them? What is the foundation of that collegiality is a recognition that though you come at it from very different perspectives, you have this same love for your country and you have the same goal for upholding, you know, a a good quality of life, the integrity of human beings, their dignity, like all of these principles on which you know, certain laws are built that these judges have to interpret and, and, and apply whatever it's, it's the, the fundamental respect that the other person shares your, at least your deepest goal. Hmm. Now, after that, it may be the very deepest hmm. goal because beyond that, maybe <laughs> everything is like, you know, you're on opposite <laughs> sides, Yeah, but it's, it's kind of an assumption of good faith. Like I assume yeah. that you want what's best here. I disagree mm-hmm. with absolutely everything of what that means to you. And that's important. Like, I don't want to brush over that and be right. like, yep. you know, well, it doesn't matter. No, it matters massively. It's a hugely mm-hmm. important thing, yeah. but you got to start with a deep respect. And like you were saying, yep. like, these are children for us as Catholics, these are children, sons and daughters of God. And we have to approach the conversations we have with people with that kind of ultimate deep respect. And I think, you know, I loved the episode because I would agree with her on 
a lot of what she said in that episode, although I would disagree with her on so much else. And I think we have really gotten used to caricaturing people in a way that we lose respect for them. Yeah. And we Mm -hmm. should not, we should, we should fight for respect. You know, we should fight for respect. Fight to respect others. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. exactly. Fight to respect others. That's right. I think that it's, it's more possible to have frank and um, intellectually satisfying debates and conversations with people about issues when Mm -hmm. we are able to respect them in some sense, to be honest, that's the foundation of our legal systems in the West. Like Mm. you have two lawyers battling it out, but there's rules, you know, and they have to follow the rules for how they have that, have that Mm -hmm. that battle. Battle. Yeah. Yeah. But the mm. rules allow it so that the battle is productive and, yeah. you know, and it's not always the best. I'm not here advocating that, you know, legal processes are fun and great. They're awful. <laughs> mm. They truly are. But, um, you know, we need those rules because it enable, enables us to have, um, yeah, productive mm-hmm. processes. Yeah. And I think there's some level that trickles down into our personal conversations. Like, yeah, I can fight yeah. to respect you even as I'm like arguing really passionately with you about Mm -hmm. this issue. Yeah. Well, which is, especially when there's something like this, like, it's not like we're just like, should we paint the room blue or should we paint it white? Like, because it, it is actually, it is actually real lives that are at stake, whether it is the life of somebody who is immunocompromised and needs to be protected, that we have a responsibility to protect against, you know, potential infection and, or whether it is the life of somebody who has lost their entire livelihood because they, even though they work from home, but they have chosen not to be vaccinated for whatever reason, you know? And I think it's, I think it is good to say too, that it is, important to talk about and to to kind of have these really hard conversations sometimes about like what might objectively be true so for example if you're looking at um at science like the scientific method there are things that are objectively true and objectively not true about how viruses work or what have this you know but then um but then there's also like when we're mixing that up like for example if you look at I mean, I would argue based on the evidence that um, the vaccines don't cause miscarriage, for example. Um, And then, but you have somebody who's trying for a baby or who is pregnant, then that it's not just that, okay, well, the science says this, but it's actually like on their conscience, there is the weighing of a human life that they are responsible for. And what if, like, but what if it does? And so it's like... It's like it's these very things, serious, it's very, very, high stakes. very high stakes. And it's high stakes in both senses, yeah, because, totally. you know, if if we need to protect the vulnerable, da, 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 vaccines, whatever you want to say about that. And then on the other side, you have these things that are like potential unknowns. And again, like from a science perspective, um, like I can say whatever I want about how the virus works and all of those kind of things. But then also when you're talking about human conscience, um, we have a responsibility actually to obey our consciences and that the church teaches that too. So yeah. it's, it's so difficult. And it is a, yeah. this whole reality and it, it, you know, because they're the policies that different governments in different countries have made in response to this situation that the pandemic situation that we've all been facing is, is a, um, a cost benefit analysis, no matter yeah. what, no matter which way you slice, it has to be, it has mm-hmm. to be, there will be a cost to some, there will be a benefit to some. And it is, I think where, I mean, if I can just offer, this as something for people to think about where we can get so lost is that we are convinced that the cost, we think we know the kind of cost that has to be paid and the kind of benefit that, mm. and everybody falls on a different yeah. place when they, yeah. when, when they make that decision of like, well, this is the cost and this is the benefit. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've realized is that it's even our understanding of the costs, even our understanding of the benefits is not, it's so incomplete because we all only have a slice of the pie. It's Mm. so much bigger. And so the stakes are intensely high because we can't even predict how different things have impacted. There's such a trickle effect to all of this, you know? And Mm so, and that results in you have like, in a way the truckers, like no one would have expected the convoy in a sense. Like I, you know, and I think to me, 
it was just, it was just an image of like, yeah, this has far reaching impacts Mm -hmm. that we cannot control. Like, like the government can't control how this is going to impact different kinds of individuals all the way down the line in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. And so if we can just have some respect for one another and start listening to each other. I think, I don't know if we're going to solve anything. That is not what we're saying, but at least we will solve the problem of hate. Like, honestly, just like, like like the development of like just enmity between people who shouldn't be enemies. Like at least that, you know, Mm -hmm. at least that. I'm wondering (laughs) what kind of practical tools you guys have used in your interactions with others to help guard against that development of enmity. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I can share stuff uh, myself too. Like I think for, for me, I would say there's, there's three things that I've had to discern when it's time to use whichever strategy. Um, one of the things has been uh, like just bracketing off certain topics and realizing like we can't, we actually can't have, we're not able to have a productive conversation about this right now. Maybe we will in five years, but we, we can't right now. And, and respectfully asking, like, like asking for like setting a boundary for myself to say, I, you know, I, I, I'm not able to talk not. And for me, it's, it's been a thing of, um, uh, yeah, just boundaries. Um, and not, not assuming like maybe they would be able to talk about it and they'd be okay, but I'm not, I'm not yeah. able to talk about this and being honest with that and be like, I, I love you. And I want to preserve my, the relationship with you. And I'm, I'm just, I, I feel, I have so much emotion around this that I'm not able to talk about it. So mm-hmm. could you, could we talk about other things? There's so many other things I'd love to talk about you. Right. And just like communicating that mm-hmm. um, yeah. has been one thing. And, uh, a second thing has been, um, active listening, like sometimes being willing to, uh, I was talking with my brother the other day and he was saying, um, uh, talking about this, you know, this, like the straw man argument where you kind of say, Oh, this is what you believe. And then I'm striking down your argument. It's showing how it's false and how we all kind of do that sometimes, but that the alternative to that is this term going around called, I think it's steel manning the argument, which is saying, okay, this person in front of me believes something vastly different. I'm going to see if I can steel man their argument. That is find the best parts of the most logical parts of their argument and present it back and say, is this what you're saying? Is this your perspective? And doing that until I understand 100% where they're coming from. So doing this kind of active listening, really just seeking to understand and not trying to, to like have the agenda of like no agenda, just, just understand. understand just understanding. Yeah. Um, and when I have done that, that's been really wonderful for, for just helping people feel heard and feeling respected. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's turned to people then asking, well, what, what's your perspective? And sometimes not. And I've had to learn to be okay with that. Right. Um, not going into those conversations, hoping that, that it's going to come back and I'll get to share my view, but just, just seeking Mm -hmm. to understand. Um, and the third strategy has been sometimes engaging with content, um, you know, I, on, on, in the way that I am able to, so, uh, I can give an example there, you know, um, I was talking to some folks about ivermectin and they were really, um, kind of saying, Hey, like this has been shut down and it should be, re- it should be used. And there's all this evidence. And, and I was curious, I thought, well, okay, this is, this is a Nobel piece, like Nobel prize winning, like hashtag, not hashtag, like quote unquote miracle drug for a lot of different things. Um, maybe there's evidence for this. So I said, okay, it's like, send me your links. Like what's the evidence. And I, because I have the expertise, I went and I looked at every single, uh, clinical trial that had existed to that point. Um, and I read the methodology section for each of those papers. And, um, unfortunately I I didn't find anything that convinced me of it because, and and that's my own, um, like looking for a double-blinded randomized controls trial that has significant results. And that just wasn't there, um, in what I read and maybe, you know, who knows I, that's, this is a, a few months ago and then was able to have a conversation and say, Hey, like from my own background as a researcher, this is the angle that I can come at. And this is what I've found and, and just have a conversation and enter into that dialogue. And, mm-hmm. and that's been, that's been okay sometimes too, but I was only able to do that because my attitude was, I actually, I want to understand. I want to see if I can understand. And I wasn't out to prove anyone wrong. I wasn't yeah. out to to whatever. I just actually wanted to understand. So yeah, yeah. those, those have been my strategies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what about, what about you guys? Yeah. Um, the, those really good. 
I found personally that um, that some of the strategies I've used have been in terms of um, not categorizing information for the sake of of like pigeonholing somebody, but I found that I have a little bit more freedom to move around in conversations or to try and understand people if I have a structure kind of in my head of like what we're actually talking about. So like the two things that I found most helpful, one is kind of understanding freedom because that's a big thing right now. So mm-hmm. like, okay, in the Catholic understanding that what we understand freedom to be is the ability to choose, um, the ability to do what we ought. That's, that's freedom, you know, but then when you look at what that looks like, well, so we ought to protect those who are vulnerable. We ought to ensure that people have meaningful work that they are able to do. We ought to, we ought to like all of these kind of things that we ought and that everybody has these visions of that we, we can find very common ground in looking at what we ought, because I think everybody wants to protect the vulnerable Everybody wants to ensure that people don't lose their jobs or their choices. Everybody wants to, you know, all of these kind of different things. And it's how we accomplish those odds that we diverge a lot on. So I found that that's kind of really helpful is to have that framework. And then even just in, in recognizing the complexity of, of this idea of, um, of competing rights, right? Yeah. Like even downtown Ottawa, protesters have a right to protest. Mm-hmm. What, what, what you mean by protest and where that's starts and ends sure, is very yeah, different. Yeah. You know, we can yeah, talk yeah. about that. And then also people who live in their homes have a right to sleep. They have a right to, you know, live peacefully in the place that they are, whatever. Like, and again, yeah. I feel like with all of those things, we can agree on a lot of what the rights are and what they might be. But then the difficult part is when those rights are coming into conflict with each other. And what does that mean? So I found specifically for that, um, that Kind of like what you were saying, Nicole, is that is looking at the different angles of of things and looking at some some people who have some thought on on those things from different angles has been helpful for for me to see to try and see different viewpoints before I engage with a, a wider group of people where I'm gonna because I don't want to just like crap my own thoughts on anybody necessarily if I haven't actually examined things first and then to be charitable when I am actually talking about those things which I am not perfect in at all um but but at least to to try my best to do that Hmm. about you Rach I really like those I I think um interesting because I I really haven't felt called to engage in like a lot of debate or anything like that with people about different opinions um, over the course of the pandemic. So for me, I think I was just kind of watching and observing and stuff like that. And kind of in a lot of conversations, I think that's kind of where I would fall is just kind of listening to everybody who was talking and just not feeling called to really contribute, mm-hmm. which I'm going to be honest with everybody. That is very rare. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually like, Hey, I'm going to jump in, right. And interrupt you both and just tell you what's right. You know, I'm like not good at listening. So that's been cool. It's been cool to be like, Oh, I just feel called to just kind of listen. Um, but I do, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have, I would say my opinions on policies have changed. Like, I think I was a much more concerned at the beginning, now less concerned, like, you know, currently with the situation or, or, um, in terms Mm. of the health stuff, like, but like, I think, I think one of the things that was interesting is I have certain family and friends that I vehemently disagreed with at the beginning. And now we have a lot more in common than I originally thought than I originally had in common with them. And I, and that could change again, you know? And so I think like, just recognize like, okay, like my Mm -hmm. understanding of the situation actually has evolved a ton. And I think because I don't really have a, you know, a, a direct skin in the game, I don't have direct skin in the game. It's been a little bit easier for me to be like, well, think just thinking about it a little bit more detached in a little bit more detached way. Just being like, okay. Like, and just watching myself and like, like kind of observing my own development of thought on different things as the pandemic has progressed. Um, so that's been kind of interesting just to be self-aware, be more aware of where, how I'm developing and thinking about things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think, I think the charitable thing is huge for me. Like I, I think in some ways it doesn't really matter to me who I'm talking to in terms of what their opinion is in terms of my priority to, um, 
you know, be present to them and just respect them. I think that's really important to me. Mm. Like I, I want to feel free to not, I don't want to be caricatured by anybody based on my opinion, but I'm not really afraid of that. I'm like, well, you can, yeah. if you want like that yeah. you know, it doesn't really impact me so much, yeah. but I don't want to caricature you. Mm. And it's not even, I like some conversations I've gone to be like, I don't think we're going to agree. I think I'm pretty sure we're not going to agree about any of it. And then I just go to the next point, which is like, well, it doesn't really matter. That's fine. Like we don't agree. Yeah, I can listen. Right. Like it's good for me to listen. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, my, my brother taught me this a long time ago, actually, like he's come up so much because we have a lot of conversations about lots of things. We agree on most things, I think, but I, we come at stuff in very, from very different perspectives. I think we, we end up in the same goal, but like, we just have different minds, you know, mm. different ways of thinking, even, even applying the same principles, we'll just use different language to apply it. And so it's like, we can over communicate over each other a lot and we're very close. So over time we've had to learn to like communicate with each other. And I think what's become more and more clear to me is like, you know, maybe I don't, I didn't really get it. I didn't really get what he was saying. Like, I thought I got it, but maybe I didn't. And to keep assuming that I, that I could understand better and that mm-hmm. maybe even I could learn something. Like, even if I'm convinced mm-hmm. that I won't, and it's happened to me too many times for me not right. to mm-hmm. now adopt that as a, as a like conversational philosophy. Like I right. probably can learn something here, mm-hmm. something, you know, and I like that. It's like a very yeah. humble attitude to go into the conversation with. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very freeing. Yeah. I will say that it's yeah. extremely freeing. Um, and I think God has really given me that as a grace because I, I get it. I get being super passionate. That's my personality. Like I can be super passionate to the point of like blindness, you know? <laughs> mm. Um, and it's been really nice to be like, oh, there's another way to be super passionate that just is like humble and like free, you know, like, yeah. okay, I, I yeah. really, yeah. really think this, but probably learned something from this person yeah even in the case where we're like like I would say for for some of the in terms of like the scientific realm or whatever that there are some things that so I think that it's important for us to go into a lot of things and just be open to open to the Lord changing our minds like through other people or through just him softening or changing our heart and I found that actually in myself like with respect to um, mandates and vaccine passports and things like that I was kind of pretty on board with them for certain situations and things like that before. But then, I don't know, listening to people and thinking about it, I'm like, no, I change, I've changed my mind on that. Mm -hmm. Like I have changed my mind on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a a good thing. Like whatever, the Lord is going to do whatever he's going to do my heart. Right. But, but at the same time, I think it's also okay to have, um, there are some things that I have sincere doubts that I will change my mind on with respect right. to some of the science stuff, right? And I think right. that's okay. Oh yeah. But also sure. I can have that at the same time as my heart becoming softer towards other people. Mm-hmm. Like my heart can totally. always be softer to others in terms yeah. of loving them where they're at and in terms of and I think actually then it means that the things that I'm holding on to in terms of in terms of things that I, that I think are really true or right or things like that are things actually that other people then become potentially more open to hearing because mm-hmm. my heart is a safe place for them to land. And Yeah. To, oh, like, that's such a good point, Eric. I, I love the way you're you're characterizing that that we're, you know, what none of us are saying here is, well, just be a ball of mush in terms of yeah, your opinions That's right. and that's right. get along with everyone. Let's just all get yeah. along. It's like, no, you can ha- hold, hold the, tr- the, the truth that, that, that God has revealed to you. And the, as you know, I mean, all of us are, have an imperfect view on truth and, mm-hmm. and even science isn't perfect, but there's some things that we can know to some degree, um, right now and hold those things and then still love people like mm-hmm. do both. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not either yeah. or have to do both actually. Like that's yeah. the thing yeah. we have to do both. That is yeah. what we're called to do. And, um, yeah, at the end of all of like, be like, we'll love people. Like we're saying, well, no, it's really important that you pursue good information yeah. and truth and whatever. But yeah, right. I also want to say that in the hierarchy of truth though, yes. you know, this it's, this is not unimportant. It's very important, but it, it, it falls in the realm of like, cause, cause there is information like Aaron, you, like you would understand the scientific information. There mm-hmm. is policy information, all kinds of different kinds of information that have to be pulled together to make decisions in the situation. And that is a prudential thing, like to make, to then take all this information and make a decision about it. it there's a reason why we all have different opinions on this because it's not 
it's not like God don't bless, murder someone. Yeah, it's not God bless direct... all leaders right now trying to exactly. navigate yeah. this. This yeah. is yeah. I would not, not want to be in charge fine. right now. No. no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I don't Sorry, know if I want to be in charge ever, but definitely <laughs> <laughs> okay. not right now. Yeah, stay tuned for Rachel's career. All right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah, Rachel. So, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I think that's my point. Just the like hierarchy. there's a hierarchy, and mm-hmm. like that's also important to know. Like you know, when you're when you're dealing with your friends and family, especially those who are Catholic, who are like you both love Jesus, you both follow the church like yeah as long as you're sincerely trying to pursue those principles there you know like there is and i'm not saying it's all relative there may be you may be missing some information somebody else has and that's important yeah but it is not eternity important in the same way like especially mm. if you're doing it in good faith actually if you're doing it in good faith you're probably you're probably okay. You know, you don't have to stress about it too much. So I think like, that's the other thing that helps me is to be like, well, this is my sister in Christ. This is my brother in Christ. I can see that they're pursuing this matter in a Mm -hmm. very sincere and wholehearted way. And they're being open right now. We disagree, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, they want, again, there's good faith here. They want what is best for people they want what is they want the lord's will in this situation Mm -hmm. and i trust that god will guide them if i think they're terribly wrong he will guide them back to himself Mm -hmm. in some way and yeah but he may not i might be wrong you know right maybe i'm terribly wrong and that it's not my responsibility to educate everyone on what i think their truth is that is not my responsibility it may Mm -hmm. be my responsibility for certain conversations at certain points to share the perspective and the angle that i have absolutely but not for everyone all the time um yeah yeah Yeah. and i think that self-awareness honestly in this in this whole conversation like how much you guys have we all just grown to understand ourselves Mm -hmm. better in this whole yeah. experience, you know, like, and if not, that's <laughs> also maybe, in the, you know, need right. to ask like, ourselves take, take potentially why. Yeah. I mean, in, so instead of doing a God wink uh, this week, I think we, we wanted to maybe issue a challenge to people. Yeah. So there is something that, um, that used to talk to the students at Newman about, uh, about the fundamental beer principle. And it's kind of like what you're saying, Nicole. So like, yeah. This week, so the fundamental beer principle would be like, I should be able to have a conversation with somebody during which we can totally disagree, even passionately, and even at the end of the conversation, not be on the same page at all about what we believe to be true about something, but we still should be able to go out and have a beer and enjoy each other's company after after that conversation or have a conversation drinking beer, over not beer. maybe, yeah, over <laughs> beer and stuff, right? Um, so when you're talking about like steel manning somebody, that that would be, I think, a good challenge for everybody who's listening, for the three of us, to sometime this week or in the next little while to actually talk to somebody who we know we might have differing opinions with, go out for a beer. Now that things are opening up again, if they're open where some of you are and, and they will be opening up, go out for a beer with somebody and see if you can steal man what 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 their views are like where they're where they're coming from you know um, seek, yeah seek to understand seek to and, understand. and if i can add to that maybe mm-hmm. that's not an option for you or maybe you're there's a relationship in your life that is just like it's mm. it is cycles of argumentation that is going nowhere um to maybe have a conversation where you can um attempt <laughs> to to tell this person i love you so much and i really want a good relationship and i am not able to have these conversations could you, could we, could we talk about other things or just something do, you know, I mean, it might be, the actions might be different for everyone, but to take some sort of action that prioritizes your relationship with people over their opinions and, Mm -hmm. um, and do some sort of action with that. And I'm pretty yeah. sure that probably everybody who's listening knows which of those two things might the Lord Apply. might be placing in front yeah. of them right now as a, as something that he might be calling you to do. So, yeah. So, man, ladies, man, ladies, <laughs> man, ladies, <laughs> I've said that before, yeah. but this yeah. has been so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so yeah. helpful. And yeah. we hope we hope that um, everybody who's listened to this has found this helpful. If you have found it helpful, or even if you found it awful, we would <laughs> love for you to share this with share this with a friend or with a bunch of friends, or because I think these conversations really do need to to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and if you 
you do something this week or in the next little while mm-hmm. that does, you know, like we said, like prioritizing loving and relationship and good dialogue or good boundaries or whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah. Um, let us know how that goes. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Totally. Sweet. Yeah. We're praying for you guys. Praying yes. for you guys. Lots. For us. Yes. <laughs> Please. All right. And we'll talk to you all next week. God bless Bye, you guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.